Welcome, and thank you for tuning in to Black Women Amplified, the podcast. Your host, Monica Wisdom Tyson, brings you downloadable conversations that matter to women around the globe. We discuss all things black girl magic, amplify our voices, and transform our challenges into triumphs. Monica calls on her league of extraordinary women to push our boundaries, share their expertise, and stories of personal transformation. Welcome your host of Black Women Amplified, Monica Wisdom Tyson. Hello, BlackWomenAmplified.com. It is your girl, Monica Wisdom, and I am so excited that you're here with me today. I have a very special guest in the building, and I can't wait to introduce her to you. But first, as always, I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. We are reaching milestones. We are finally reaching across the world in all new ways, and I am excited to bring more people, more conversations, and more insights to you that will help us as Black women see ourselves in a whole new way. Because you know, my mission is for the world to see us differently, but I also want us to see us differently, to see the love and the brilliance and the generosity that we are. Because we're not just magic, we are magnificent. <laughs> Listen, don't forget to head over to our website, www.blackwomenamplified.com, so that you can get on our email list and hear about all the good things that are happening outside of this podcast. Here we share stories, but over at blackwomenamplified.com, I'm so excited, I can't get my words together, but over at blackwomenamplified.com, we are expanding. For instance, I'll be teaching a masterclass Depending on when you listen to this, I may have already taught it and you might have missed it, but if you were in the space of hearing about it, (laughs) I'm teaching about how I built my brand, Black Women Amplified, but not just from insights of doing this piece, but also working for other global brands like Sebastian and Schwarzkopf and consulting with companies like Carol's Daughter and great links and uh, individuals and entertainers and all the things. So I'm giving my experience to you. Our first time of giving it is going to be my gift to you. After that, ching ching, (laughs) because a girl got to eat. But anyway, head on over to blackwomenamplified.com, get on our mailing list, and you will get the information about it. Here today, first of all, y'all watching Queen Charlotte? You know I love a good movie and a good TV show. Queen Charlotte has been my elixir at the end of my day. I love it. Love, 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 love it. And I want to remind all of you that you are the diamond of the season. If you're a Bridgerton fan, you know exactly what that means. Remind yourself every morning that you are the diamond of all seasons. (laughs) So before I get too deep into Queen Charlotte, let's talk about our guest because this is a fantastic conversation with an actor who has been on the big screen, the small screen, theater, voiceover, all the things. She's a magnificent person and she is my, I call it my cousin sister. She lives in Chicago, I live in St. Louis and I call them cousin cities, Kansas City, St. Louis and Chicago. We're all cousins. (laughs) So I got to talk about my love of Chicago with her. But let me tell you more about her. Actor, producer, author, philanthropist are only a few words that describe the dynamic Erica Hubbard. Appearing 
in over 50 movies and television shows, Erica is making her mark in Hollywood. This Chicago native began her career in the Chicago theater scene. And with the encouragement of her dad, girl dad, (laughs) Erica moved on to the big screen after graduating from Columbia College with her bachelor's in communications in only three years. Smart girl. Erica has starred in incredible movies, including Save the Last Dance, Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, Aquila and the Bee, and a Cinderella story. She has also appeared in hit television shows, including CSI Miami, ER, Everybody Hates Chris, and popular shows, including Let's Stay Together and Lincoln Heights. This leading lady, philanthropist and author, is joining us today to take us behind the scenes and share her secrets of how she thrives in Hollywood. So ladies and gentlemen, let's please welcome the incredible and dynamic Erica Hubbard. Hello, Miss Erica Hubbard. How are you? Thank you for joining the Black Women Amplified podcast. Hello, I'm good. I'm good. I'm happy to be on Black Women Amplified podcast. Thank you for having me on. I am so excited. You are a Midwest homegirl. So I know this conversation is going to be fun and funny. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Chicago, shout out to all the Chicagoan listeners and to all the Midwest listeners and all the people that want to come visit Chicago because we are a lovely state to come visit during the summer. Yeah, look, only the summer. Yeah. Uh, my <laughs> rules. You know, I said that. My... Don't come during the winter. <laughs> my rules. October is the cutoff date and I start back up in May. <laughs> Because that wind, oh my God. If you come, you have to be, have a strong mindset. You have to have willpower because when that wind hits your your bones and that frostbite kicks in, you don't want to leave. But if you're strong enough to stay here and survive, you can conquer anything in the world. <laughs> anything <laughs> in the world. Anything, if you can survive Chicago. <laughs> and I know that you have had this dynamic, expansive career in film, television, movies, voiceovers, all the things. But what I want to hear about is your Chicago. So tell us about your Chicago, Erica. My Chicago, and thank you so much for you know bringing up uh, the experience. I think I wouldn't have been who I am today if it wasn't for my upbringing here in Chicago. It's just rooted in a working class family. So I learned how to be disciplinarian at a young age through my father and my mom, hard workers, you know, Midwestern people. And not give up, which is the important thing. Because when things get hard, as they all do in everything that you do, you have to have that mindset, I'm not giving up. And so I think that's what Chicago is made of. And that's what, when you come here, you feel that energy. You feel that vibe. So growing up on the South Side, (laughs) on the South Side of Chicago, we all know. We all see it in the news. Mm -hmm. I grew up in some at-risk community. You know, my mom and dad, they divorced at a young age. But I had both sides of the spectrum because my mom lived on the south side of Chicago and then my dad lived in the suburbs. So I was kind of privy to both worlds, the world that didn't have, the world that does have. So 
I at first I was just like, oh, what's going on? You know, I feel so um divided. But now it was a blessing because I can get along with everybody, anybody, because I mean, I know both backgrounds. And I think it's important for everybody to jail, no matter where you come from, just to jail and get along with each other. Because just as a humanitarian and also as a philanthropist, I think it's important. And then we push you. I push you unity. And that's important as well, especially in the entertainment industry, because when we get on that set, we're all working together. Not it's just me. It's just you. It's all it's us. So that's pretty much my background coming from Chicago. And fast forward, I have to shout out Columbia College. That's where I graduated and I got my degree, my communications degree. And so that's me in a nutshell. You are a true Chicago girl. So you grew up in both atmospheres. You grew up, like you said, the, I'm not going to use Tyler Perry's name, but the have and the have nots. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Or or, or (laughs) simple way to put it, but being around both communities who is the village that raised you? Like, who were the people that raised you over here? And who were the people who raised you over here? And what values did they add to who you are now? I want to say growing up in the city and the suburban life, both environments raised me and they raised me differently. Mm-hmm. And when I'm put in a situation, I know, okay, so how would you relate to this situation? Do you have to have street smarts or book smarts? Because one environment is more educated than the other sadly to say, for lack there of opportunities in the city. So you know, I'm trying to change that up and spread awareness about that. But in the city where you see the lack of privilege, so to speak, I, I understand it. I understand it. And it can make you a, a better person as well because you have that hustle in you. You want something for yourself if you want to get out that environment, if you make the conscious effort to get out the environment. And I did at a young age because I witnessed so much turmoil at a young age. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> this is deep. If I wrote my movie, people probably wouldn't believe me. Like I've witnessed a lot of gang activity and, you know, drug activity growing up in that environment. But it's something that made me who I am today, because if I didn't have those experiences, I would not know how to relate to people who come from those experiences. And it's important to be relatable to everybody. Mm -hmm. Everybody has a story, but in the end, you want everybody to succeed, whether you come from the suburbs or the city. I agree. And when people talk about Chicago, because I used to spend so much time there, I thought I lived there. (laughs) Even though (laughs) I didn't have an address, but the communities around Chicago were always so individual and so vibrant. So whether I was in Lincoln Park or Hyde Park or the West Side, or I was on the South Side or downtown, Midtown, all of those spaces were exciting to me. And I felt like when they show it now, they show like a few blocks. And so, because I've never heard anybody say, I ain't going to Chicago. It's like, oh, when I get to Chicago. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? It's a city that when you experience it, it leaves a lasting impression Mm -hmm. on you. You know, it's, I mean, I wouldn't have it any other way. You know, when I tell people I'm from Chicago, they light up like, oh, wow, you come from the big city. And I'm like, yeah, I survived the big city. But one thing we're rooted in here is it's a family oriented state. So, you know, when we have our backyard barbecues and our cookouts and stuff and our block parties and all that stuff, it's rooted in socialization and community and family, being family oriented. And that's what I like about it. It's the summertime are all that. 
They are so, I mean, Grant Park, when we were out there with our lawn chairs and listening to music or we're just doing, having the festivities. It's a great time. It's a great time to be here in Chicago. And all of the festivals. Yep. From Boys Town Festivals all the way to the African Arts Festival. And what I loved is I could just get a bus pass. Yes. (laughs) And go from one end of town to the next. I could go to the theater. I remember we had a mayor here. I can't remember his name, but it was about 35 years ago, maybe. Mayor Bosley. We didn't have a theater district. And he and his team went to Chicago and met with the theater district of Chicago. Those people and came back and designed it. And now we have a vibrant theater community and arts community. And it was because of that trip to Chicago. So I tell people all the time, Chicago is a blueprint for a lot of stuff that happens in these big cities. (laughs) People, yes, it's literally Chicago is a blueprint, especially a lot for theater. People say Broadway and off-Broadway. But if you look at a lot of the SNL stars and people who are out there, they train here. A lot of them train here at Groundlings, Improv Olympic, Looking Glass, Goodman Theater, uh, Steppenwolf. And that's where I got my training from as well. Um, I, after going through Columbia College's theater program, all those people came from those theater backgrounds. And so when I got to L.A., they were like, where are you coming from? Where are you coming from? And I was like, oh, this is my background. I'm a Chicagoan and we believe in our arts and we I come from a theater background. So they were like, oh, I think we can tell. So... <laughs> It's good to train here because it propels you for the arts and entertainment world. Yes, it does. And it gives you the raw truth. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. It gives you the honest, we're the authentic here. Like, wait a minute. And I know that. I've done plays where the chairman of the theater, from hold on, I need you to change this. I need you to do this. I need you to do that. I need you to do this. And I'm like, woo. But it makes you better. It really does. So. <laughs> Yay, 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 Columbia College and uh, all those theater, those professors who come from all that training and that really believe in technique, which is important. People who work hard in their craft, they help you and then you, you could hopefully that helps somebody else when they see my work. They can say, okay, let me focus on this, that, and this, because it's techniques. If they watch carefully from each character, each role that I pursue and that I do, it's different techniques. Yes, you can tell because you're a working actor. (laughs) Uh, Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. When I was looking at your list, I was like, wait a minute. Is this like the Black girl, Kevin Bacon? She keeps a job. (laughs) Listen, let's talk about Columbia College for a minute. (laughs) You finished a four-year degree in three years. Who does that? And who instilled that level of determination in you? I think I was my own best advocate (laughs) finishing school in three years. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I wanted to do it is because I had a minor, a major and a concentration in college. And I said, okay, let me set out this trajectory to graduate at this time. And the trajectory for a minor, major and a concentration was like five to six years. And so I was like, how can I get this lowered to four (laughs) years? And then I found a way how to get it lowered to three years if I kept going. Mm -hmm. I didn't take any breaks including, I was a workhorse, including I went to day class, night class, and summer school. And then I did way more credit hours than the average person, the average student did. But if I did this, then I can get out of this school in three years. And I wanted to do that because I found out that a lot of the educators and people who are pursuing higher education was in the night classes. And I was just like, I started liking the night classes than I did with the day classes because it was like, kids playing around and just goofing around. Uh, And so when I started taking the night classes, I was like, wait a minute, they're getting off work 
Mm-hmm. And they're getting like some of them were getting second degrees or finishing up their degrees and they were older. And I like being around maturity. Let me put that away. I like to be <laughs> around mature individuals. So then as a younger student, I started getting mentors and finding out, you know, what's your work ethic? And then they would share their work ethic with me. And then, you know, I, whoop, I was like, hey, okay. You become who you are by who you surround yourself with. And that's mm-hmm. a true statement. So I was like, if I hang out with this level of maturity, it will evoke something in me to, you know, to, to, to live at this mature level. So when I got out of Columbia College, was like when I was way before I was supposed to graduate, I took that same model. And then I went to L.A. and I hung around people that were 20, 30 years older than me. Mm-hmm. I still do. One of my mentors is maybe 25, 30 years older than me in the knowledge and the wisdom is different. So that's one of my uh, secrets to success. Hang around people that have decades older than you. You learn a lot more. And it shows in your work because you seem very intentional about the roles that you choose. Yes. Meaning that you want to make sure that you are portrayed in a specific way and then a Black woman is portrayed in a specific way. Because there's so many different directions. You know, it's acting. You can go in any direction. But it seems like you're very intentional. Was that a decision you made early or is it something that you came upon? It was, it's a conscious decision to show, you know, because everybody's impressionable to some degree, whether we acknowledge it or not. So what we put out there in the airwaves is very important. There's people out there putting stuff out there that's toxic and it's, it's seeping into people's spirits and it's certain lifestyles are developed from it. So when I choose roles, it has to be some kind of meaningful role to me because people are going to see this, you know, and they're going to say, oh, I agree. Or maybe I should do that. Or I relate to that. Or maybe I should. So you're leaving an impression on people. So it's important to, I don't want to say necessarily a role model off the different characters, but there have been people that have opened dialogue like, wow, I never thought about a relationship like this. Or maybe I should do this different. So it has to be a conscious effort and the roles that I choose. And, you know, it's so true because when I think back over my life, Like my mom passed when I was young. So my images of adult women that I saw outside of my family were in, it was Debbie Allen and Felicia Rashad and the women (laughs) that I modeled my life after because I didn't have that blueprint. So it is important who we see. It made such an impact on even who I am now. I can take a person back to, oh, when Debbie Allen did this. (laughs) Yeah, or I should say her character Lydia did this because I watched fame. (laughs) (laughs) And even now I was talking to my cousin who's a science teacher. I said, had I known about Katherine Johnson, the movie Hidden Figures was about her. Had I known about her, I probably would have been an astrophysicist because I love the moon and the stars and sciences. So it is important that we do have visuals that expand who show who we are from an expanded view as opposed to this limited view that people try and box us in as Black women, as Black people. Yes. Yeah, you got to be careful what you view because like you said, it it can impact your life and also what you hear. That's why, you know, the nonprofit that I formed, the Air Cover Foundation, is important to mentor youth in at-risk communities because they're listening and they're observing people. And so you want to say, okay, this is the path that can lead you to greatness. Mm-hmm. You know, especially if they're seeing stuff that's opposite. You want to show them, introduce them to stuff that can change their life in a good way. Because it definitely unlocks something. Yep. And I always say the difference between our kids and other kids is simply exposure. Yes. Because the brilliance is there. The genius is there. Yes. The intelligence, the smart, 
the innovation, all of that is there. It's just exposure because you don't know it until you see it. It's most definitely what you're privy to. Growing up on the South Side, going to the high school that I went to, they didn't have the programs mm-hmm. that they have in the suburb that I moved to. When I made that decision, I was like, whoa, badminton? That's not, <laughs> what is that? You know? <laughs> I was like, well, this Rick is fun. <laughs> Right? It changed my whole view on life. It really did. And then I, what I did, I didn't turn my back on my city folks. I went back and told them, hey, this is available and you could do this. And this is what I learned. And this is, you know, when I went back home, and this, is, and this, you know, I shared all the information and the knowledge and was like, wow, you know, there's other things out there, you guys. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Information. You were like, Dorothy, <laughs> come on, come with me. <laughs> Let's go on down this yellow brick road. We are going to get there. That's amazing. And I know yeah. that being from the Midwest, philanthropy is a huge part of our just our lives, period. Whether it's in church or working with the organization or your universities or anything, we have a spirit of giving back. And before we get into talking about your foundation, I want to talk a little bit more about your acting career. Your career is an ebb and flow type of career. And I know that you get as many no's as you do yeses. How do you deal with those challenges and those disappointments that might come from a no? Well, dealing with disappointment is easy if you have a spiritual background that's solid. So, or you have a meditation background, you know, so I have all of that. So when I'm reflecting, I'm reflecting on manifesting more opportunities and open doors. And so if I receive a no, I know something better is on the way, you know, because my um, my spirit is calm and my confidence is high and I'm rooted in such a like a like I want to say I'm zen. I have a zen mm. out. <laughs> so I don't get too frustrated. I may get disappointed, but I, it doesn't linger because I know how to relinquish that thought. Like eh, they didn't want me. I'm like, oh, I'm wanted here. That must mean another opportunity is on its way. So when somebody talks to you negative, and this may come from all the books I, I, I read, I was taught and trained through reading books and stuff that you have to counter that negative thought. So, and you have to, you can say it out loud or you can think it, oh, they said no, but it must mean something great's going to happen. Or I know something better is going to happen. And it does. It does. So it keeps your spirit calm and it keeps your expectations high. And I think as an individual, we always have to keep our expectations high because, you know, you don't want to be down and out when, when that yes comes. You want to keep your spirit just perfect and right. So when it comes, you're like, ah, yeah, okay. Oh, okay. Okay. I expected it. Okay. Greatness, you know, success. <laughs> Because what you think, therefore I am, you know, so your mantras, your affirmations, your prayers, all that stuff to keep you centered is important. Because, you know, I've had friends in the industry that weren't conscious of their thoughts, their positive thoughts, and they thought only about the negative stuff and it drained them. And, and my thing is, I always tell people when they come with me with to the problem, with their problems, I say, okay, what's the solutions? And then also we have to be careful on how we treat ourselves and our nervous system. So if we keep saying negative stuff and this person, you know what I mean? this person, how's your body feeling? Don't you want your body to feel uplifted? You know, so you kind of have to empower yourself. And that comes from self-awareness. Like I'm not feeling this great. This happened. This person said this. Okay. Let me ponder on something that's optimistic or positive so I can change how I feel about life. And that's important. Now, where did you learn your self-awareness from or how to get to that point of self-awareness? I am a bookworm. So 
So <laughs> that's how I learned about self-awareness. I am a nerd. Last year, I read 11 books. So I read a lot of self-help books. What are your favorites? Oh, I posted on Instagram. So Four Agreements. I say start oh. off with the Four Agreements. Because and then there's, there, here's something to piggyback books. on what you said. You don't take anything personal. Mm-hmm. That's first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Do not take anything personal. So that right there. <laughs> I just, re- I don't know if it was his son's book or his brother's book, but The Way of the Shaman. That was a great nice. book. Nice. Yes. They talk about their roots and the, you know, their ancestors, the things that they have learned through their culture. And I was like, this is deep. I love this, but I love, I love the four agreements. What else? Yeah. So I read The Alchemist, oh. Get Out of Your Own Way. I have You Owe You. I think that one right now, I want to say that one. Uh, God is my CEO. Oof, I got a lot. <laughs> so what's in your, you talk about your spiritual life. What is in your spiritual toolkit? Because I know there has to be times when you're like, this is not, this ain't it. <laughs> so when you open up that toolkit, what do we see? Oh, well, one other book too, How to Win Friends and Influence People. So anybody listening out there, get that one too. But in my spiritual toolkit, <laughs> my secrets. <laughs> <laughs> you don't okay, have to so share them all. But... I know, right? Everything <laughs> that I do. <laughs> What's your daily routine? So my, my daily routine spiritually Um. Wow. Okay. I'm going to divulge a whole bunch of stuff to you. <laughs> some people are going to get it. Some people aren't going to get it. Look, listen, I'm, look I tell people I am woo-ish. So I, I know what you're talking about. Okay. So I believe in healing music, listening to healing music, different hurts. I believe in sound baths and tuning forks. So your vibration stays high. <laughs> Everybody going to be like, what? I, I, that's what I'm telling you. I, I seriously say zen out. zen out. Let me just explain it a little bit. We, because we are energy and we hear people say uh-huh. that we are spiritual beings inside of our bodies, but we are energy. And that's just fact. Yep. You know, if you look in the science world, they talk about it. If you listen to Dr. Tyson, he talks about it, how we are energy and we can have, if you look, if you do yoga, you know, yep. about the chakra system, which is energy, yes. so you can have a high vibration or a low vibration. And you want your, you want your vibration high so that your life matches your vibration. So that's where she's coming from. Yes. I'm just love telling you. you. I'm just telling I love you. you. I'm just telling yep. you. Tell me, yep. That's exactly. <laughs> yep. Love you. Love you. Exactly. You have to be aware of your vibration level. So everybody, every, everybody's a frequency. <laughs> it's the frequencies that are going to be, you're like, whoa. But yeah, I work on my own frequencies like that. So when I talk about the tuning fork and the, the different um sound baths and, and the Hertz music that I listen to, that's covering all of that. So yes, everybody is a vibration and I work on high, being high vibration. Also, it's not just auditory, it's your words, your words, what mm-hmm. you speak, what you think, what you listen to, what you touch, what you taste. I work on all my senses too and making sure they're uplifted and they're good. <laughs> so all your four things can be uh, good, you know? especially exercising, socialization, so endorphins and serotonin levels and oxytocin and all of that. I focus on all that stuff so I can just, well, I'll you tell know. You what, it's working because your career has manifested some amazing opportunities. You have worked with Queen Latifah, Lawrence Fishburne, Matthew Cherry, and Angela Bassett. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so let me tell you this, whatever you're doing, in the toolkit, it's working. 
because your life is a reflection of what you're doing on the inside. And like I tell people, your life is just a projection of what you are on the inside. So working with those people, what are some of the great experiences or knowledge that you have taken away and added to your toolkit of acting? So working with the greats that you mentioned, I think most important what I've witnessed was I'm so honored to have worked with phenomenal people like that and Chadwick Boseman because I worked with him and his greatness and Russell Hornsby. Listen, <laughs> you <know>? listen. Yeah. <laughs> That's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> yeah, I think Chadwick yeah. is magical like Prince and I would think just sitting next to him, you would just feel better. <laughs> I used to sit under him. <laughs> there up next to him and I said it's something about him it's something about him so literally he used to journal a lot which is important too he used to write out all this stuff and so just the seriousness of it they take everything serious and I think it's so important so they're always thinking 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 Mo what how can I improve which I think is important for people you know always thinking how to better yourself so that's the optimal but working next to him well you know we in our 20s we could play around. There were people playing around, partying, doing all kinds of stuff, or whatever. But him, he wasn't. He was just serious. And he always said, Erica, get ready. You're ready. Stay ready. Stay ready. You ready? You're ready. Stay ready. And I'm like, ah, every day, every day. <laughs> I was just like, wow. And so he was writing short films and was directing at the time and auditioned for him. And so I was just like, how can I improve? What can I do? And so, you know, I wanted notes from him because people like that, you want their secrets. <laughs> right. <laughs> I remember certain people whispering in my ear, you know, like, do this and do that. And it works, you know, technique. So that's why I say be around people who are great at what they do and you'll learn. Never stop learning. I remember Ryan Coogler saying that Chadwick was writing the character of Black Panther way before, like in the first Marvel movie that he was in. He was developing the idea. And I was like, wow, you talk about manifesting something, but not just like woohoo magic, but literally writing it down and working it out so that when it was time, he was ready. And I think that's what you're talking about. When it's time, be ready. Be ready. Be ready. <laughs> yeah. Envision. Envision. Yes. Envision before you see the vision. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Before you see it in front of you, it comes from you. Now, you are deep into philanthropy. You talked about at-risk children. What inspired you to start your own foundation as opposed to just partnering up with another organization? Well, the Air Cover Foundation was formed because uh, when I was working on Lincoln Heights, we would get phone calls every weekend. They wanted the cats to go down and talk to kids all across the world. We would get phone calls. They just want to meet you. They want to meet you and say some uplifting words and encourage them. So I was hopping on planes after work and going to different states and encouraging youth from in schools and community centers and just all kind of even pairing up with nonprofits in different territories. And I said, you know what? I like this so much. I should just do it myself. And back then I was just like, let me form my own nonprofit and continue the work because kids, they love it when you mentor them and they have questions. They do have questions. And then, you know, you help them. And I think, you know, we uplift each other more in this society people would get along better and people would excel better. So depending on who's in your ear, you can excel. And that's what I do. My mentoring program is geared toward at-risk people who come from communities that are underserved. They have, they suffer from poverty. 
which correlates to low self-esteem and low confidence. And you have to be a confident individual to excel out here in this world. So I give them techniques on how to excel different activities that they can say or they can do to keep their spirits lifted. It's like a plant. You got to keep water in the plant. And some people talk to their plants and the plants grow. And I think if we had more community centers out here, a lot of the youth would have more help because they need encouraging words, too, to get through life. You know, (laughs) and and it's important because that's our future generation. And exposure to um, other things. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Field trips. Exactly. And money, money as well, because I go in and I get scholarships away too. Some of the kids don't have money to pursue an education. They need book money to go to college. And some of them are like, oh, I fell short with this or, oh, they need just extra money to um, like gas money if they're taking a car to college or something like that. So I'm like, okay, let me start giving scholarships away. And it's important. Give back to your community. It's important. Volunteering, you know. Who are some of the people that have given back to you? Oh, good question. Look at you. <laughs> you most definitely are helping me out, like giving me an opportunity to speak on your platform and to encourage people. So, I mean, Black Woman Amplified, I'm happy <laughs> that you, you reached out and gave me the opportunity to talk about my life and to hopefully encourage, encourage the listeners. I just believe one of the most powerful tools anybody has is to hear somebody else's story because- yes. We see highlight reels and we don't see the real real because we've all gone through stuff. We've all gone through hardships and challenges in one way yes. or another. And somebody might, it might look worse, but to that person, it's hard. And we all need, like you said, mentors helped you build up your toolkit so that you can handle what's coming, you know, to deal with disappointment in a positive way. Yes. And it's like, okay, well, if this wasn't for me, then something else is for me because I believe in all things are possible. So it's going to come and it might not be now, it might be later, but either way, I'm going to be okay. So you created your own safety net. And I think it's important for people to hear that, whether you're a child or an adult, because yes. there's some grown folks that need some words. Like <laughs> 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 Then we get into emotional intelligence. Yes. That's a, that's a whole other topic. Yes. <laughs> Wait a minute. How about just grow up? How about we start there? <laughs> Listen. How about um, um, we start maturity. There? Yeah. Maturity there would help a lot. Mature, huh? There's some grown, there's some old kids. Yes. Yes. There's, there's some, some there's old... kids that are I've, I've seen and I've witnessed more maturity. <laughs> than adults i'm like whoa it's cool to have we all have fun but let's grow up a little bit and and, uh, really understand our place in this world that we are here to help one another so you have worked on some incredible projects but a little bug has told me that you're in yale you know at yale oh wow yeah I'm no. Wow, look at you. I did my research. Okay. Uh (laughs) Okay. Hi, academic lady. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I take the science of wellness course. And uh, (laughs) why are you laughing? (laughs) Because nobody ever, like, I'm shocked that you found that out, but I'm trying to make sure my well being is performing and it is the highest level that he could possibly perform mm-hmm. while I'm in, on this planet Earth, as long as I am. So they did, a, should I tell her? Okay, they did a report at that university 
And they're saying, okay, so everybody has a high IQ, they're knowledgeable, and they go out there and they work in their workforce and they make great money. But how do they get along with people? How do you feel about yourself? You know, how you feel about yourself and how you feel about others is important. So that one, that class right there is like, if you take this class, you know, on, on focusing on your well-being and other people's well-being, then you'll have a higher success rate in the workforce. So, okay, there's a secret there. <laughs> so, <laughs> a course on that. And I found that out by just doing my research. My major at Columbia College was journalism and my minor was theater. So I just researched a lot and I found that out like, oh, this is how they're thriving in the marketplace. Hmm. You know, it's you know, really <laughs> interesting because you can listen to people talk about, oh, you just work hard. I'm like, no, y'all got some secrets. Yeah. <laughs> and when you listen to those old books from like the early 1900s and the late 1800s, the knowledge that they're putting out there, like what this class is doing, you're like, okay, it is about mindset, but not how we think. Yes. There's a science to everything that you're saying. There's a science to it. There's a way to change your brain and a way to, yes, all the things, all the things. (laughs) Yes. Well, that's amazing. Are you going to continue at Yale or are you just taking your class? I'm just getting this certification so I can just, you know, be great in what I do, you know? So I just had to find that, find out, you know, what are the Ivy League people doing different than, you know, everybody else. So I was like, let me take this course. Well, that's amazing. And it's hard. Don't get me wrong. It's hard. I'm set in, set in certain ways and you think, you know, I'm living right. But no. <laughs> <laughs> and they make you take all these tests and quizzes and read all these articles and YouTube videos and listen to podcasts. But I know how to deal with myself mm-hmm. better and I know how to deal with others better. So that's great. That's a beautiful better, thing. Betterment. And it also will help you as you create your characters, give them a mm-hmm. bit more depth and more layers because, you know, nobody wants to see a flat character, <laughs> a one dimensional person on the screen. Yeah. So moving forward in your career, what type of roles do you want to take on now? Well, I started directing, I have a movie that's on the festival, film festival circuit called Policies and Procedures that I wrote, Mm -hmm. directed, produced, and starred in. And it's based on a true story. So I want to do more stories that are true, true stories. That's what I want to do, because there's a lot of stories out there that are based on true stories that need to be told. That's what I want to do. Well, you are more than welcome to tell my life story. (laughs) I've been trying to tell people. Okay. You want to tell a story of resilience? I got one for you. (laughs) Nice. Yes. So how do you do all of that at the same time, Michael B. Jordan? How do you do all (laughs) at the same time? A lot of coffee. A lot of coffee. A lot of coffee. Yeah. (laughs) Lots. Mind over matter. Okay. Okay. Mind over matter. But wow. I know because I wrote a screenplay. I found myself, I don't know, what is it? Maybe it's just, I don't know, my energy. I think because I'm so like zinned out, I don't let stress really get to me. And I know if I do feel it, I know how to get rid of it quickly with different exercises and stuff. Like you said, yoga. So it's important that, you know, you have that outlet, that outlet to relax. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, in vacation, let me put that in there, in the vacation, 
because you could relax at home and, you know, zone out. But you vacation and they just did a study, too, on how sh- if you look at the water and listen to the sound, the wave sound, it really increases your stress. So it's important to vacation. People say, I'm going to work, 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 work. But no, vacation is important, too. You know, it's not that fun right there helps you relieve that stress. So it's important to have a balance. So I just have a balance. I think that's what helps me. Did you ever see the, the read the book? I can't remember what movie it was in. It's a metaphysical movie called What the Bleep. And they talked about water molecules, about how <laughs> the water molecule changes depending on the word. And it's a, a Japanese doctor who studied it. Nice. And he literally, nice. it shows yeah. that when you speak bad, to, because, you know, we're 70% water. So uh-huh. It shows that when you speak love, it looks like snowflakes. But if you speak negative things about yourself, the water literally looks like an atomic bomb hit it. And that's how wow. serious the words that we use are. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I send the link to your people. <laughs> yeah. And then also your pressure point. Yes. Touching certain pressure points helps relieve stress too. So, and then some people, but it, some people go into tap therapy. It's a lot of different techniques. Oh, yes. <laughs> I, look, I know, I know all the things. The tap therapy is amazing. Qigong. Yeah. <laughs> all the indigenous work just, you know, this thing is woo, 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 woo. But it's really especially with us being of African descent, we have to do methods and tools that are outside of traditional therapy. Because I tell people all the time, they didn't study us when they developed therapy. So for some people, it takes us so far, but the rest of the way, we got to go back to what the ancestors did. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. You know what? And it's stuff that people don't know. And I'm just, I tell them like certain things to take. And they're like, huh, where'd you find that out? Just research. Mm-hmm. Like even with colds and sinuses and how to unstop your nose. I, I took a neti pot to someone. They're like, what is this? This is weird. I got to put this neti pot in my nose and boil this water. I'm like, it helps. This is this. And they did it for a few days. They're like, whoa, wow. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, there's things out there to help cure everything. <laughs> it really is. To help you. Help you. And to be optimistic. Like you said, just keep being optimistic. Because that right there speaks volumes, you know? Being optimistic. Definitely. Now, before we get out of here, I want to hear a little bit about your books because you are now also an author. Yes. I have two children books that (laughs) I wrote and I'm just happy to write those children books. I'm a mom and I just sitting like, wait a minute. I don't want my kids to get bored. You know, kids don't say, I'm bored, I'm bored. I'm like, "Mm, no, there's different activities. So in both books, it's filled with tons of activities that you can do to, you know, keep your mind busy, to be physical. And so, you know, to have fun. And so you won't get bored. And I just, my kids love the book. (laughs) I'm getting ready to go to a Juneteenth festival and uh, sign the books and read the books and stuff. So I'm just happy that when kids look at it, they're like, oh, wow, I didn't know I could do, we could do this. And I don't know that. Oh, this is fun. So I said, this book's going to work. If if my kids are reading this book and they're smiling, reading this book, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm happy to share with other kids. So that's what I wrote the book and happy that um, people love it when they read it. Mm-hmm. I love that because I know when we were a kid, we didn't have Black people books or books with Black yeah. images. We had Winnie the Pooh yeah. and Dr. Sue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, that's important. That's important because diversity and inclusion is so important. Mm-hmm. You know, and like going back earlier in the conversation, how you see yourself, because I know one of the key factors on me shooting and filming uh, My Perfect Wedding that's on uh, BET Plus and Prime Video was, oh, this girl's going to get married? She's going to see, we're going to see her get married or try to get married. 
how does that look? How does that, you know, because we don't talk about a lot of it, about that. I look at all these podcasts and they're talking about divorce and, oh, how does this relationship work or this can't work? And I was like, oh, when I get this movie and the people see it, oh, they had nothing but great things to say about that movie because it's showing true love and how to find love and stay in love. And um, it talks about matrimony. And I love that because we don't see that. And it does, like you said before, it impacts how we live our lives. We don't think love is possible. You know, it's like I tell my girlfriends all the time. I'm not a member of the men haters club because I was raised with a lot of good men around me. Nobody's perfect, but there are some great men out there and there are some great loves out there. Not everybody got a divorce. There, there are still people who are married 60 years later, 70 years later. I mean, when you see movies like The Notebook, you're like, there yes, is <laughs> eternal love. <laughs> yes. You know, so that is a beautiful thing. So the movie is called My Perfect Wedding. My Perfect, My Perfect Wedding. It's on BET now. BET Plus and also Prime Video for anybody who's getting, you know, <laughs> all the people That's on, on some... their phones. <laughs> I know. I love all these streaming services and it has to be great being an actor that you can have movies last longer than the run at the theater. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm so elated. You have no idea how elated I am. Oh my gosh. The streaming services. Yes. One of the best things that's ever happened to me. <laughs> you know, uh, my residual chat, people looking at them on their, their laptops, their Kindles, their phones, you know, I'm like their iPads, like, and then laugh forever and ever and ever. Like uh, people are still talking about a Cinderella story. And I shot that way back when in Lincoln Heights and uh, Akilah and the Bee. I'm like Sister Charlotte Tans. You know, I love it. I love it. So, I mean, I'm hopefully I'm inspiring people to never give up and uh, keep going, continue success and operate in love. That is beautiful. Thank you. So my final question that I ask everybody what is your black girl magic superpower? My black girl magic superpower would be definitely what I just said to operate in love. And I think that's one of the reasons why I do a lot of rom-coms because I believe in love and I like displaying it on in the entertainment industry. So operate in love, you know, be of love, be of light, you know, and be kind to each other because, you know, I, I read a study. Here I go with my research again. But if you smile more often, you live longer. So mm -hmm. I'm trying to smile my way through life. <laughs> and you don't get those <laughs> ugly frown lines. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> smile, smile more often. It, ooh, it makes you feel great. Makes people you feel like, great. You and it makes other people feel great when they see it. Oh, yep. <laughs> uh, thank you. Y'all, that's the goal in mind. That's the goal. It's just to, you know, smile. Let people see your pearly whites or, you know, your yellows, whatever you have, whatever. Let them see them, you know, because it's contagious. Good mm -hmm. feelings are contagious. I don't know if everybody knows, but, you know, it's, it's contagious. Positivity so, passes along from the next person to the next person and, and we can change. I, that's why I love the, the whole philosophy of pay it forward. Yeah, like just give somebody a dose of positivity. It doesn't take you don't have to change the world. You can just give somebody a cup of coffee. Yes. <laughs> can change their whole day. So I love your outlook on life. And I really appreciate you being with us. This has been a wonderful conversation. I love to get inside of people's stories oh. to know how they think. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so happy to talk with you and to uh, share my experience on life. And hopefully I've um, 
uplifted somebody through this conversation and uh, <laughs> feel free anybody to follow me on social media and look at one of my pictures smiling and I can look at your picture smiling. <laughs> Keep smiling, everyone. So what are your social media digits? My social media is one Erica Hubbard. It's on Instagram. On Facebook, it's just Erica Hubbard. On Twitter, it's just Erica Hubbard. So yeah, I see everybody out there in social media world, smiling. Everybody, let's smile, smile. Especially, especially <laughs> with the good weather, we about to hit summer. Oof. Oh, listen. <laughs> and all I can think about Chicago is a uh, chosen, the chosen few oh, picnics. <laughs> yes. The takeover, the take, because I love house music. So the takeover. Of house music, you can go anywhere and hear it. I tell people house music is all over the world. Yes. And um, it started right in Chicago. Yes. So yes. Good vibrations. It belongs to us. Yes. High vibrations, great vibrations. So Erica, thank you so much for this conversation. Thank you for your time. I really, really appreciate it. And you have an open door here. Every time you want to come back and talk about your son, your new movie, your enlightenment, <laughs> all the things. Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. Have an amazing day. All right. You too. Thanks again. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to Black Women Amplified. We hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to subscribe and log on to blackwomenamplified.com for more information. Keep shining. Keep shining.